Hello, you little mystery flavors, and welcome to episode 112 of Hungry in Kentucky. I'm Sarah from Bluegrass Bourbon and Eats, and today I'm joined in Fort Lewis Studios by Carrie. Happy fall, y'all. Y'all. Y'all, happy fall. Yes, Labor Day has come and gone. Came and went. Sure did. And, uh... And we're in, we're actually, technically, we're in meteorological fall, right? Mm -hmm. But the first official day of fall, I believe, is September 21st. That sounds right. Let me look it up and see on my little calendar. Yeah, I'm almost positive it's the 21st. Um, That sounds familiar. But, I mean, it is fall, and uh, all the, you know... All the fall festivals are going on, and mm-hmm. football's in full swing now, Heck and yeah. you know the temperature is eighty nine degrees. <laughs> <laughs> well, today it's um, seventy four degrees currently, and it feels fantastic. Yeah, outside. it actually rained. I wish it would have rained all day. Yeah, though, it rained this morning. This, but I've said this before in other places and to other people. This is the way Kentucky weather is. It is dry. It, this is our dry period. I mean, it just this is facts. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the twenty third. Okay, way. close enough. Yeah, I was right there. Yeah, oh, I was in the wheelhouse. Um, yeah, no, it rained this morning, and I was working from home. And you know what? I like a not a. I mean, I love a storm, but for like productivity and like mm-hmm. like working, like a nice steady rain shower, mm-hmm. just like really puts me in the mood to be productive. Like, I did all kinds of stuff in the two hours it's raining this morning. Do you ever listen to those, because uh, when I'm, like, in the work zone, like, big time in the work zone, my music of choice is Chill Hop. Mm-hmm. There's a ton of different channels out there you can choose from on YouTube, but mm-hmm. it, it's a combination of, like, EDM, which is electronic dance music for those people who don't know. And, and, <laughs> for those uninitiated. <laughs> right. And, and jazz and, like, hip-hop. And it's a, it's a real mishmash. But a lot of times it doesn't have words. Mm-hmm. And if it does have words, it's, you know, they're usually fairly kind of repetitive and you can kind of tune them out. But it's, like, lo-fi and mm-hmm. just really chill. A lot of those channels have like rain sounds in them and there's also a bunch of other like jazz piano channels and all kind like you can get like new york uh new york cigar bar new york coffee coffee shop rain jazz channel it actually it's really yeah i'm telling you there's a bazillion of them out there but new, I, york cigar, new york cigar bar on the corner of yeah Fifth and seriously like, i don't know if that's a cross street or not but well first and first how can an intersection how, how can a street intersect itself that's from Seinfeld. Oh, yeah, I was like, did I say that? <laughs> no. Okay. But, uh, yeah, no, I guess my, my question, because I was just trying to explain, you know, mm. for people, the uninitiated into Chill Hop, yeah. which if you don't know, it is, it's really awesome, especially if you're trying to concentrate on something. Yeah, um, I've seen those lo-fi channels on there before. I guess I just wondered if you ever listened to any with rain. <clears throat> no, not usually. Um, I'm not into that stuff, but I will occasionally put on a podcast but i'm afraid to do that because i want to actually listen to podcasts and i'll i'll tune them out but i'll put on like a playlist i listen to just like not particular ones but just pick a random like um alt rock or just indie rock or whatever playlist on spotify or i'll turn on a channel on youtube that i know i've seen a bunch of the videos on already so they just play in the background and i know how to listen to them yeah but yeah, yeah. One girl I work with, she does. She plays like a lot of like. Uh, she just does different TV shows, like like um, cooking shows or something like that. But she's not actively sitting there watching them, mm-hmm. right? She's not. She's actually doing work, but like like they're on in the background. Yeah, like today I put on um, the Watcher channel or the channel is just called Watcher, and they do a lot of different stuff. It's just these two guys, but the thing that I watch from them is. Um, they have a ghost hunting show where the guy who created it is like a full on like believer in the paranormal and then his like um, show partner is a skeptic and he's like this is all stupid and dumb and none of this is true and they go to like these like famously haunted places and do like investigations and then they have little debriefs after where they talk about what they found but um, it's really funny and I've seen them all now so that just was playing in the background this morning um, like they went to Waverly and mm, mm-hmm. they've been to um, 
Alcatraz and like several other places yeah. that are pretty haunted. But yeah, just stuff like that that's goofy that I don't yeah. care about that much. Now see if I'm if I'm like making dinner or something like that, like I can put on like a um like a worst cooks in America or Master Chef or Hell's Kitchen or any any of those yeah. like reality shows that I don't have to pay a lot of attention to. Yeah. Um, or um, I do dark history sometimes if I just want something mm-hmm. on the background and I don't really care that much right. about what she's talking about, but it's something. Yeah, but like if I'm if I'm working, it's it's and I actually have certain lo-fi. I've tried different ones, but I always I just keep coming back to the same ones. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I usually end up listening to like mid 2010s, like <laughs> um, I guess you'd call it. I don't want to call it punk, but like pop DIY, punk. No, oh, D- okay, pop punk. but DIY punk stuff. Yeah, it's not really punk. In- though. Indie, it's like, indie, like DIY indie. I guess, but it's like all rock. But I don't know. It's some of it's hardcore, some of it's like post. I don't know. I don't know what it's all called, but like these independent, for like a better word, like artists. Mm-hmm. that are on the scene or whatever i listen to a lot of that because i've listened to the songs over and over and over and over and over again so mm. i like chill <laughs> chill hop raccoon that is a channel that oh, i like it's okay. called chill hop raccoon yeah but it is i hi- highly recommend if you just want something that's like kind of quiet um but still kind of upbeat not super depressing but mm-hmm. doesn't give you you know a lot of lyrics or anything like it really does kind of help i guess I don't want to say turn off your brain, but it helps. Like, like what I feel like, whatever you're doing, like it really helps you concentrate. Yeah. On like whatever's going on. I'm trying to find like a playlist I would I have listened to in the past. Um, like I think one's called like Hair Dye or something. That's a lot of that different kind of well, stuff or it, punk mix or. It, let me tell yeah, you. Yeah, Hair Dye. Okay. But uh, but yeah, just like random ones on. Mm-hmm. Spotify too. Yeah, I just I just can't do anything with with lyrics either if I'm trying to work, mm. um, because I either like start like listening because I'm a lyrics person, so I like, listen to the lyrics or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I was gonna say the only like I think how I got into this lo-fi hip hop hip hop stuff or whatever. I read an article about it, like in Wired or something. Mm. But the article was about how a lot of these channels because they're they're, tw- they're live streamed. Yeah. So you can get like ones that are like three hours long or something, but mm-hmm. the ones that I listen to are li- are just live streamed constantly, twenty four hours a day, right? And um, there's people doing them out of their house with these servers, hmm. which was really kind of interesting to me. Yeah, I wondered how that worked because it'll be like live twenty four seven, like on the thing, but I didn't know how you could actually do that. Yeah, is it people in just random parts of the world that are running these channels? <laughs> From servers out of their house, hmm. which is kind of crazy. Do they make the music too? Or? No, no. Where the, do they find the, the music? Honestly, I think the music's a lot of independent people, and so the songs aren't very long either. Like the songs are like only like a couple of minutes long, mm-hmm. maybe one or two minutes long, and then it'll go into the next song and, and that. Mm-hmm. But it always gives the title and the artist. Okay. So you know, if you really liked something. It will have the title and the artist like in the corner to tell you cool. who it is. So you could go like look that up somewhere. Interesting. Yeah, I can't remember how they get the music, but yeah, it's all run being run out of people's houses. It's crazy. Nice. Um, that's just reminding me about how there is a website where you can get just generic music for like video background music yeah. videos mm-hmm. that you pay for that yeah. I've heard YouTubers talk about and now I hear all the same like yeah, you ten hit, songs yep. get used over and over and over and over in all of these different like channels that are not related yeah. at all. So well, it's been really it, funny to hear that. Like any of the any of the the uh, restaurant challenge channels that we watch, like they tend you kind of hear the same you can hear the same music or whatever. But yeah, it's like the same ten songs that everybody paid for. <laughs> yeah, like hey, I heard that song in this channel. Right. <laughs> but yeah, those but, are funny. Love you too. Yeah. It's good for uh, productivity sometimes. Yeah, or n- not productivity. Yeah. You want to be unproductive. Sometimes I do turn around. I'm like, oh, I remember this part. That was funny. Oh, wait a minute. I gotta go back to work. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. yeah, it was a good working morning. Yeah. So. All right. And now we're here. We are here. And I'm wearing jeans to your house and not shorts or scrubs for the first time in six months. Probably it's 
it's it's a different era. It is. I'm still wearing shorts. I'm yeah. wearing shorts in the house, but yeah, yeah. But here we are. Yeah, but like I said, the the fall festival season is up on us now. Um, we're not necessarily going to go over over all the festivals that are going on in Kentucky because there are a blue million of them. Let well, me tell you, there's 120 counties Good that all Lord. have their own festival. Well, and, and then the 40 other festivals that go on in Lexington and Louisville, right? And the state fair, which already happened. Yeah, but I'm, I mean, just fall festivals alone, mm-hmm. it is insane. How if you go and I know there's a website out there, go on social media or whatever, you can find them. I, there's one every weekend, mm-hmm. every weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I guess they probably want to run through October. Oh yeah, this month's the biggest month for September is definitely the biggest month. I think the chicken festival, the world. Chicken Festival in London, Kentucky, I believe, is the weekend of the fall, official fall solstice. Y'all the solstice? Yeah, they do call it a solstice, actually. Yeah, so it's usually that, um, like, third weekend in October, or no, right. September. Yeah. Um, so, I haven't looked that up, but it's usually around the 22nd or 23rd. But, so, you could look out for that. Well. I make um, good chicken. Speaking of, speaking of solstice stuff, I would like to thank Bill Mack. I was watching him, I guess this was maybe last week or something, two weeks ago, that he pointed out that at the at the day I was watching him was going to be the last day that the sun was going to set at 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. until March. And I thought, get yes. off of my television. <laughs> get out. <laughs> I have, that is probably my favorite part of the transition from like summer to fall is because you do notice... Just like ever so slightly, like every day it's like a little bit earlier. Like I did notice last, like at the end of last week and all weekend, it was like 7.45 and it yep. was dipping down below oh, yeah. the house. Yep. It's like, yep. oh, it's here. Yep, it's it coming. is. Ooh, I wore a jacket to the football game the other day. I, I mean, I had on shorts, so it was not like it was super beneficial, but. I did have to, to bust out my emergency sweatshirt at the tailgate. Out and pull out the jacket. It was is, it was cool in the it morning. Was chilly. It was cool. Yeah, oh. it was a nice day overall. I mean, I did a did the pollen in the air hit my little asthma lungs? I got you way. good, yeah. didn't it? Yeah. But you know what? That's fun. Yeah. That's the price we pay. That's right. You can breathe now. It's okay. But I was gonna say Christ the King Festival, yes. which we have talked about in here, which I went to last year, which mm-hmm. was super fun. I've never been. R.I.P. to. Uh, Steve Harwell mm-hmm. uh, from Smash Mouth, lead singer Smash, Smash Mouth, who just put, pa- passed away, because we saw them last year, mm-hmm. and it was really fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, and they were really good. But this year, so it's it's late this year. Like mm-hmm. we've talked about this because it's it's that twenty second, twenty third, right? This year, Friday night, Spin Doctors. Oh, so I think I think we may go. Go for it. They're fun. Nice. Even if you only know a couple of their I songs, only know one song. But see, just two princes. Just all I know. No, you know, little Miss. Are you little Miss? Little uh, Miss can't see. I see, can. I do know two. See, you know two. I know two whole spin <laughs> songs because it's the only two they ever had on the radio. But you know, I thought I only know two new two Smash Mouth songs, and I was like, oh yeah, okay. I think I knew about four, or maybe even five. I can definitely think of three right off the top of my head. So you know, anyway, it's a fun yeah. it's a fun show because it's free mm-hmm. and you know they have good food and good beer and it, yeah, it's fun. So yeah, um, that's one we're definitely going to go to. I think I've got to hit that up at some point. I have plans both of those days and cannot go. But um, yeah, one day I'll make it to the to that Oktoberfest. Um, and I always have one at. Mary Queen, which is close to my house. Yeah. I've never been to that one either. But that one's the lesser of the yeah, two. Yeah, it's small. But there's there's definitely Oktoberfests around here. I'm sure they'll do something at the Blue Stallion. Since it's very... West Six is having one. Okay. Yeah. West Six. I'm sure a bunch of people will Oh, yeah, there's a, there's a bunch. But the Christ the King, though, they yeah. always have a fun band mm-hmm. that comes in for either Friday or Saturday night. So Spin Doctors Friday night. Cool. Yeah, check that out if you're in the Lexington area and you want to go see the Spin Doctors. Um, yeah. And if you're not, put it on your calendar for next year to see who who, who they get that's going to be super fun. Yeah. There we go. What, what 90s band that yeah. desperately needs money? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, 
I think, um, what was that band called? Vertical Horizon. They played at the Chicken Festival a couple of years ago. I don't remember them. Really? You don't Mm-mm. remember them? Mm-mm. Maybe um, if I heard a song by them. Yeah, that, that he's everything you want. He's everything oh, you yeah, need. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they have a couple of other ones, too. Okay, I know, you no, I know, I know that yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, Because I was like, <laughs> they're playing in London. How far have they fallen? Hey, 90s bands need money, too. They All sure right. do. Sister Hazel has been there before. Um, yeah, so you never know who you're going to say these Jim Gin Blossoms. Gin Blossoms were there not too long mm-hmm. ago. Yeah, good time. Yeah, they're a they're good time. So, yeah, just go get on the internets and find one and go. Yeah. That would be my suggestion. Absolutely. Um, what other suggestions do we have? Well, we got some food suggestions, probably. Do have some ate. restaurant suggestions. I didn't do too, anything too spectacular, but, you know, or at least one thing. Yeah. Uh, we went to Bear and the Butcher on Sunday. Yeah. Well, disclosure, I went on Saturday. I made well. Sarah go because I really <laughs> wanted some tots. And yeah. I was just like, I'm just going to go there and get some tots. But, you know, I had some of the um, pork and apple tacos, which they bring back in the fall. They're pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're big meaty tacos too um so you definitely get your money's worth and the the chips and salsa are decent so you know i I think i prefer like i'm preferring now as i get older a thinner chip oh like a restaurant okay yes like cantina style yeah on the border are the chips for you then i love on the border i should buy stock and on the border i love their chips so much they have those real <laughs> real thin the ones cantina yeah thins. real thin uh, I like those. I like the regular on the border restaurant style. Uh, you really just can't go wrong with them. I don't know what it is about what they do to their chips, but it's fantastic. Um, but I also, well, I went in the vicinity of Goodfellas, but I did not eat there because I was meeting my friend Cinnamon and some of our other friends for a little get together. And then after that, I went to another group of friends' house, and we had Arcanine, which I hadn't had in a long time. So that's one of our. It's Thai, isn't it? It is. Yeah. I've had it. We've had it one time. We ordered it. I can never it. remember which one it is, but it's Thai food, and mm-hmm. they have a ton of stuff, and it's all really good. And um, everybody was jealous of what I got because it's not something you ever really think of. What'd you get? It's not like. Like most people get pad thai or they get curry or whatever. I got pad si u. I've, he- I've heard of that. Yes. So good. So good. And I get what it with is chicken. It? It's wide noodles. Ah. So it's like. It's like. It's it, like the thin rice noodles or whatever. You, it's, yeah. They're wider. It's almost like, you know, you can get the really, really wide mm-hmm. egg noodles. Mm-hmm. It's almost like that. Or almost like a lasagna with. Mm-hmm. Like they're really wide mm-hmm. and they're really good. That with some chicken and broccoli. I'm gonna try that. Chef's kiss. It's really good. I just I can't. I had Arcanine one time. It was decent. Mm-hmm. It was it was fine. I we liked it. Yeah. But man, just it's one of those things. Where it's like your first time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're gonna stick with the first time. And oh, you've got the FFS, the first food yes, syndrome. Yes. It's not called that. I just oh, changed its name. I like it though. Yeah. That's that's a good one. You should write that down. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that uh, you know the first th- the first Thai food I ever had was Bangkok House, and because it's right on campus, it was easy to get to. You know, you could walk there, have lunch, whatever. And everything like we compare everything to the Bangkok House, and I know that you know all the Thai restaurants have their own kind of you know it's it's the same food, but they, I think they all have their own kind of takes on it and yeah. like how it's cooked. They cook it different and whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's just, I know what Bangkok House Pad Thai tastes like, and it's delicious. I know what Bangkok House, Bangkok House Curry tastes like. It's delicious. In fact, now it's pumpkin curry season. I do love a pumpkin gotta curry. Got to get me some and of that. Coconut curry. Yeah. And so now, like, everything else is compared to Bangkok House. <laughs> I feel that. To a certain extent. I've got, like, everybody's got their comfort restaurants, and especially with, like, those different, like, types of food, like... I don't really mind, like, changes on occasion, but I think if I'm going to eat Thai, and honestly, I don't eat it enough, but Arcanine's a pretty good one. Um, we used to eat Planet Thai a lot way back in the day. Like, I would try Arcanine again. Yeah. It's just, if I say, with Thai food, I'll drive damn across 
town to get to pick up Bangkok House. Mm-hmm. Like I'll drive the twenty minutes there and the twenty minutes back. I don't care. Sure. Right. Um, because I know every time that we get something, it's going to be like, oh, this isn't as good. This, this taste. This tastes different. Yeah, <laughs> I get that. Um, but the first time I went to Bear and the Butcher this weekend, um, we actually went for brunch because it's football season now and we are going back to our, you know, you have your tailgate and we have our Bear and the Butcher. So we, you have to make reservations on Saturdays. So we made a reservation like at noon and went and had brunch and it was, that's, that's like their forte right now. I feel like is brunch. Um, I had the Portland State, Portland something, um, Portland State Deluxe, that's what it's called, but it's a chicken biscuit with, it's biscuit, then chicken breast, and then cheese, then gravy, and then biscuit, and more gravy on top, and then they serve it with breakfast potatoes, oh, so good. How'd you make it to the game? I would've been like, okay, I'm Barely. gonna go now, now. Um... You know, it's a walk to get there. That's fair. So. That's fair. And then we had, like, alcohol on top of all of that. So, we had to sit there for a minute. But, you know. Mm. Yeah. It, uh, it was worth it, though. So good. And then, what else did I have? You tried to order. Uh... Well, I tried to order City Barbecue <laughs> last night. And someone Uber Eats, I'm looking at you, canceled my order because no one would pick it up. But uh, there was one more thing. And let me look it so up. I was going to say, you tried to have five guys. Bourbon and Toulouse. Okay. Yes, I did have, successfully have bourbon in Toulouse after the game. What a healthy day I had. (laughs) Brunch and Cajun food. Um, Yeah, they have uh, shrimp etouffee on the menu right Mm. now. And I had that and chicken etouffee and it was delicious. I love their etouffee. Yeah, and I did also try to have five guys at some point this week, but I ordered for me and my friend at work. Again, rude. And then they brought her food and then they brought me seven fries and no burger. So, and then she was like, well, you can just eat my burger. I'm not that hungry. It's like, your burger is covered T to B in raw white onion. Ooh, raw, not even cooked? <laughs> no. Oh. No, she's a deviant. Oh. So, Ugh. Nah, gross. Yeah. So, I just went to the cafeteria and I had the saddest slice of cheese pizza. And Aww. I pouted for two hours and went home. <laughs> and then I ordered Malone's to make up for it. So. See, there oh, you go. I forgot about that. There you go. Yes, petite filet and crab rangoon roll. Ooh. And mashed potatoes because did you know they got rid of the potato croquettes? Did they really? Yes. Oh, bummer. I'm looking at you now for that. Bring them back. Um, speaking of crab rangoon, this reminded me of something. I have to RIP a restaurant. I'm very upset about this. Uh-oh. Like, super Which upset. One? Like, people I work with, we're all in mourning. Mm. In fact,. I went to work last Friday specifically just to eat there one last time. Oh, is it what I think? It's Brady's Noodle Shack. Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah, in, ri- in Richmond. Yeah. Well, I was yeah. thinking of another place in Richmond. I don't remember what oh. it's called. So, no, so there's Brady's Sushi, which is still open. Mm-hmm. And then, so they had Brady, this is a little bit of background on this. They had Brady's Sushi and then they had Brady's Noodle Shack. And then 2020 happened and then they like closed the Noodle Shack and everybody was sad. And then they still had the sushi, which is fine and it's good. So then, like at the beginning of this year, they opened back up the Noodle Shack. So the Noodle what? Shack had pho, which, and they had uh, bon, the they had bon mi sandwiches. I do remember you telling me about the bon mi Yeah, sandwich. the Vietnamese deliciousness of a, of a bon mi sandwich. And they had crab rangoons that were shaped like little, those little paper triangle footballs. Mm-hmm. So they actually got more mm. filling in them, see. So they were just flipped over the one time and not just yeah. stretched up at the mm-hmm. top. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. and uh, sadly, they put on their Facebook page last week that they were they were closing the Noodle Shack, and the last day was on September 10th, and so on Friday, we all got Noodle Shack one last time. Did you stand outside and salute it? No. Um, Goodbye, Noodle Shack. I didn't go pick it up. Somebody else did, but uh, play little taps. Was very sad eating my my bon mi for the for the last yeah for the last time. That is sad. I hate. I hate it when good like little places like that close because you know that's where the best food is. You know. Well, and I, you know, first of all, I'm surprised they closed because we kept them in business. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying like oh, we ordered a lot from there. <laughs> like people would be like, "What are we having for lunch?" And some would be like, "Oh, he wants to get Brady's," and everyone's like, "Yelp." <laughs> yep. That's but, like our local taco, apparently. Like everybody in Richmond, like when they said they were gonna reopen, 
like everybody was like, oh, yeah, you know, everybody's like really excited because everybody liked their pho and, you know, their other offerings. Mm-hmm. I wished I would have gotten to try that. They had a Japanese curry on the menu, but mm-hmm. it always looked so big. I was like, oh, it's too big for lunch or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, RIP to Brady's Noodle Shack in Richmond. Very sad. Hate to see a good one go. Yeah, the sushi and hibachi still open, but you know they don't serve the pho and the banh mi's there. Maybe they will start serving the pho and the banh mi's there. I'm hoping. Maybe they should make that suggestion. Yeah. So serve my sandwich here, please. But sorry, sorry. The, yeah, the crab rangoon like that triggered oh. my brain. You're fine. Um, I was so famished from the burger I didn't get to eat. I <laughs> devoured my crab rangoon roll and my I ate it all. And I, normally I have food left over. It's that gone. crab rangoon roll is a big boy. It's legit. Yeah, it's very good, and I love it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I did go Good to I did go to Pies and Pints. Oh, I, I haven't been there in an age. I ordered wrong. What did you order? I ordered this balsamic like goat cheese flatbread thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, flatbread's supposed to be a little crispy but chewy. This thing was, like, they, it was like a cracker. Mm-hmm. And it just, it was kind of dry, and there wasn't enough balsamic glaze on it. And it was, it, eh. Yeah, you did order wrong, because first yeah. of all, you didn't order the potato skin pizza. And second of all, if you're going to get something balsamic from there, you have to get the actual pizza. But it's like, I think it's the grape and gorgonzola mm-hmm. with the balsamic. Yeah. That's I should have I, I should have just gotten the slice of the day, which was the hot mama, which is a delicious pizza. Ooh, which one's that one? It's got like uh it's, it's like got those papadou peppers on it like I you love, like. I do love papadou peppers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, <clears throat> Yum. Yeah. We were actually uh at our little pre our our whatever, our little tailgate at the <laughs> restaurant talking about needing to go there at some point so yeah and yeah. john really likes her wings mm-hmm. um their wings are really good yeah i just it, it was my fault because i didn't want something super heavy mm-hmm. um and i was like oh this will be kind of light and this will be good and then it was just like it was not what i thought it was gonna be yeah next time though if you're ever going down oh down yeah the for rug, sure go there their pieces i get their pieces their really pizza, good yeah. yeah their pizza is good yep so, but that, I think that was pretty much it for me on the, you know. Cool. Oh, no, I take that back. Yeah, one more. Sorry. <laughs> I did go to uh, Rolling Oven. Oh, okay. Yeah, last week because I had a, uh, if you if you stay away from there long enough, they send you a, a 20% off to please come back. Oh, where's mine? I've not been there a long time. <laughs> Are you set, are you on their email thing? Oh, I don't know. I yeah. use their rewards, but. If you use their rewards, you should be getting it. Oh, no, I don't. Wow, oh, bummer. Yeah, because they were like 20%. And, but I was super sad. I love rolling oven pizza. Oh, and they had released this like new little like special menu mm-hmm. that had sardines on it, wood-fired sardines. Oh, they didn't have And I was super pumped about the wood-fired sardines. And I go up to order the wood-fired sardines. And like, we're out. <sighs> bummer. Which is interesting because sardines actually appears on this uh, this chart. Ooh, what a segue! About share of Americans who hate these polarizing foods, and actually, it's not sardines, but it is anchovies. Mm-hmm. They're both little fish, right? Tinned fish. Yeah. So sixty fifty percent. That's the number one was anchovies. So what is this again? So it's this. Feuding flavors, share of Americans who hate these polarizing foods. Ooh, what are they? I'll see if I hate them. Okay, yeah. So number one was anchovies. Never had Which, them. it's wrong. People are wrong. Black licorice is second. Oh, that's gross. Like, I love black licorice. Ooh, gross. So we're going to get to the bottom of this. and uh, We'll try an anchovy, though. Okay. Just, right. I have not been presented yeah. one. Well, you can, there's, we got some in this house. Oysters. Yeah, I love oysters. You like oysters. Beets. Um... I think I've had them once or twice. Don't care either way. I love beets. Pickled beets. Ooh, so good. Just thinking of the beets from Doug. Yeah. (laughs) Blue cheese. No, gross. I love blue cheese. Oh, love blue cheese. Okra. Love okra. Seriously. And I get there's like that. But you got to. Okay. First of all, it has to be fried. Well, fried or in vegetable soup. Right, yeah. People just don't know how to prepare if it correctly. If you're eating raw okra, who's doing that? Now, pickled okra is really good. Have you ever had pickled okra? 
I think so. It's very, it's very I good. Do remember? I vaguely remember that, but just like munching on it, like you'd munch on something. Yeah, gross. No, but pickled is good. Okay, this one I didn't understand. Capers. Oh, capers are. Who fun. doesn't like? They're just little balls of salt. Yeah. Who hates capers? Yeah, that's very weird. People 30, who don't eat um, Caesar salads, I guess. Thirty-one percent. Hmm. Brussels sprouts, okay. I love a Brussels sprouts. I love Brussels sprouts, right? Me too. We're going to have Brussels sprouts tonight. Huh? So, yum. I it, love them. It's possible that I might be having them too. We'll find out. Fennel. No, I don't like fennel. Well, you don't it's like licorice. Strong. You don't like licorice, so yeah. you don't like fennel. I like fennel. Olives. I used to like olives, and the older I've gotten, the more I don't like them. Okay. Mushrooms. I love a mushroom. They don't love me. I love mushrooms. I love we have mush. We have mushrooms like just about everything. I'll add mushrooms too. Now this one I get because obviously there's peep. There's the percentage of people that have that weird genetic thing, right? It's with cilantro. Oh, that's me. Cilantro. But all, I've noticed that if it's cooked, though, it doesn't. I don't taste it. Mm. Just like raw cilantro on top of mm-hmm. my nachos, I taste that. It's gross. Coconut. No. I love coconut. Oh, uh, no. Love it. Yeah. Pickles. That would make Lauren sad. Ooh, I love pickles. Yeah, pickles are great. And this last one, I absolutely 100% agree with. This is the only one on this list that I do not like, believe it or not. What is it? Mayonnaise. I love mayonnaise. Yeah. We know my feelings on mayonnaise and Kewpie and a whole egg mayonnaise. A Miracle Whip. I know that's not mayonnaise, but it's its weird country bumpkin cousin. I love it all. I feel like with the anchovies thing, I feel like that that's one of those things that as a kid growing up, you're like, hey, what do you want to eat pizza? Anything but anchovies. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, the, there's this there's this mental block. Yeah. And was See, that just like a readily available pizza topping? Because I remember that from movies and I'm like, where are you getting anchovies? I've never seen an anchovy on the Domino's or the Pizza Hut right. or the Papa John's yeah. menu in my life. Yeah, it's it's. I think it was just it was just one of those things that kind of became ingrained, especially mm-hmm. as a kid. And I'm like, okay, how many people on this list of, of all the things on this list? How many people have actually had anchovies and didn't like them? Right. I mean, I'm I'm ready to try one because to tell you the truth, anchovy paste is great for cooking mm-hmm. because it brings a salty umami briny, flavor. Briny, I would yeah, think, right? it is. It's briny and umami mm-hmm. it's not fishy yeah. so you can if you want to you know punch up the flavor on a soup or something like that mm-hmm. use the anchovy paste and what was it that we had at the passover seder that we went to wasn't it gefilte fish? yeah gefilte fish that, that was, was good. really good I right really liked that. yeah so yeah don't be hating on these weird um tinned or jarred fishes like right i'm all about yeah. it like and apparently sardines and all of that are coming back like that's coming way back into vogue well you know there's people there's people now that this this trend or, or was a trend i guess it was probably on the tiktoks that was a uh canned fish dinner party mm. so you and all your friends fr- friends friends and family all you and your friends get together and you bring these these those tin fishes, the sardines and all that kind of stuff, and then you have like a tin fish party. It kind of sounds like a like a was a girl dinner or kind of a charcuterie board yeah. party like I've had before. But it's like canned tuna and stuff like that because it's cheap, mm-hmm. right? But also speaking of canned fish, and I would love to try this. There is a um, restaurant in Portugal. Because in Portugal, tinned canned fishes are a real big, big yep. thing. They're huge, right? Mm-hmm. And there's actually, and maybe you've seen this on one of the, the YouTube channels that you watch, because this is where I saw it. There's a canned fish restaurant in Portugal oh. where you go and, you know, you sit at a table and you pick out all these, like, high-end cans of fish. I haven't heard of that, but I do know there's a channel that I watch, and I'm sure you can get a free plug, uh, Sam the Cooking Guy. I've heard of that channel. Um, I've seen that, yeah. He was making, I think he was making pizza with sardines or anchovies or something a few weeks ago. And he said that he got them at his friend's specialty shop. And it was like specialty cheeses and specialty like tin fishes. And he was like, I took a video when I was in there. So they like laid in his um, cell phone video. And it was just like tons of not even just sardines and anchovies, but like any kind of like super high quality like tin fish he was like this is not like like army ration like mre fish like this is high quality 
tinned fish. Just because it comes in a tin doesn't mean it's gross. Like these are top notch. Like and they're more and more people are getting them, like from Portugal and mm-hmm. from Spain yeah. and from places like that. So they're getting very popular with like cheeses and I think they even had like I'm trying to remember what all I had. I think I even had like tin squid and mm-hmm. yeah. octopus and yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's so. what that's what the dude that I watched on YouTube that went to the Portugal one had tin octopus. I wonder if they have stuff like that at the mousetrap. They Seems might like somewhere. In there. Yeah, we should look into that. We should because um, yeah, I love I'm good. I love a good sardine. I love a good anchovy. You know, I'm not opposed to canned salmon whatsoever. No, canned tuna. I like canned fishes. Yeah. They can be quite delicious. Oh yeah. I mean, how else do you think we made salmon patties growing up? Right. The salmon right out of the can. How else do you think I'm going to make salmon patties tonight? <laughs> right out the can. Right out of the can. Heck yeah, as it should be. But yeah, so anchovies good. More for me is what I say. Yeah, I'll try. All right, so I got one more article if you want to talk about this yep. um, before we get to the to what we're what we're eating here. I guess we need to we need to do that at some point, right? <laughs> before I eat it all. Yeah, right. Um, really it, it is actually pretty good. Okay, so I I saw this article and I thought it'd be fun just to at least talk about it for for a minute or two here. And we've had a lot of Coke mystery flavors on this show. Yeah. Right? We had the space one. The space one and the dream. And the dreams one. I had on my own the video game one. Okay. The ultimate. And yeah. It was gross. It tastes like bubble gum. So. But, so get ready. Don't drink Get it. ready to go looking for this one, because this is a limited edition. Okay. Coca-Cola Y3000. Sounds like Andre 3000. It's supposed to taste like the future. Okay. Yes. And it used AI to help determine the flavor and the packaging. Mm. Yeah. You got a picture? I do. So this article is from CNN.com. Really? It came up with that can? It's, it's AI. Not, what do you want? It's not groundbreaking. Yeah. Let's see. So the company relied on regular old human insights by finding out what flavors people associate with the future. What does that even mean? Like, what do you... I don't... What? Like Soylent Green or... Sardines. I don't <laughs> <laughs> then it used AI to help figure out flavor pairings and profiles, a spokesperson said. For the product's pack- packaging, which appears to allude to the Y2K aesthetic with funky bubbles... I did kind of think Y2K too when you said okay, that. Pink and blue coloring and pixelated logo. Coke used AI-generated images to create a mood board for inspiration. The aluminum can even give, gives credit where it's due, prominently... Noting it's co-created with AI. Y3000 comes in zero and full sugar varieties in the U.S. and Canada. Will be sold for a limited time. And it costs just as much as a regular Coke. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, I have not seen that at the Kroger yet. I did go there two days ago. Um, but I'll be on the lookout there and then the Walmart. I want to know what the future tastes like. Me too. Um, it's also just making me think of... What did it make me think of? Um, well, I'm really, I'll tell you what I'm thinking about with all the sardine talk and the anchovy talk is that episode of Futurama where Fry finds that really old can of, um, anchovies in his parents' house or his old apartment. And then he... Mom tries because the the oil is really, because it lubes up robots or something. Yeah. And it's like, (laughs) it's it's like the last can of like anchovies on the earth. And then she gives him like all this money for it or tries to get it and he won't give them up instead he just puts them on a pizza and eats them <laughs> yeah they're mad. um but yeah i'm also thinking now about office space and how when it was rented up to y2k and they were trying to do that yep. scam where mm-hmm. you just skim pennies upon pennies yep. upon pennies off your pay- oh yeah that's it that, yeah they did it in superman 3 <laughs> <laughs> yes so will something else happen like that with Y three K? Like, but uh, um, what the, what the hell do people I don't say know what that that's the future? What, what if you were asked? So Coca Cola approaches you and says, "We are doing this survey for a new beverage. What does the future taste like? Garbage? I don't know. Chemicals? <laughs> I mean, MSG? Like, I don't know. The imminent demise of humanity as we know it. I'm not really sure what the flavor of that is. I got it. It tastes like burning. Yes. There you go. It sure does taste like burning. So Coke, I expect it to taste like burning. Tastes like burning. <laughs> um, I don't know, because whenever people, like, 
whenever you see shows, especially older shows that talked about the future, what like what we'd be eating in the future, it's all in pill form. Or it's mm-hmm. all in liquid form, but they never say what it tastes like. It right. tastes like nothing. Yeah. So I feel like the future is going to taste like nothing. It's just be, it's supposed to be in like a nutritional supplement, right? Yeah. Keep so going. I'm, my favorite, we're going to get this and it's just going to taste like nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing and everything. Oh, all, all at once. Well, I tell you what's not going to taste like nothing is the stuff that we have on the table. It certainly tastes like something. And sure does. Something is yes. delicious. Um, well, so, now it is now time for. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, we got to do the intro. Everybody wants to try some food. <laughs> well, two episodes back, one episode back, whatever it was, a month ago, we went through all these pumpkin. Um, maybe it was two weeks ago. Whenever it was. It was went last through, episode. Went through all the pumpkin yes. offerings. Yeah. We had that article. I had all the pumpkin offerings. And we had two that we really wanted to try. Three, really. But I haven't obtained the other one yet. But um, the two we really wanted to try, I found at the Kroger. And it was the Hostess Cakes. So we have the Iced Pumpkin Cupcakes and the Pumpkin Spice Twinkie. And then um, just to balance the sweet out, I did find something we talked about possibly six months ago that's it's just still, now made its way to yeah. lexington it but, counts as fall though yeah it's kind of you do harvests in fall uh this is the pringles harvest blend uh smoky barbecue blended with sweet potatoes um so yeah let's start with the sweet so we'll start with the twinkies what you think of the twinkie it was okay i got a little <laughs> pumpkin spice from it not a whole lot yeah the pumpkin spice is in the filling mm-hmm. it's not in the cake and if you eat nothing else before it <laughs> you can get a little bit of the pumpkin spice in the filling um so it's fine if you like twinkies you'll like that it's just the like just the littlest hint of pumpkin in there um however I, the opposite is true for these cupcakes so these are the bomb. I love these. These are like, these tasted like they fell out of a pumpkin. Like <laughs> they're delicious. They're like a spice cake. Yeah, for and sure. I love spice cake. Yeah, they definitely had way more pumpkin flavor than oh, the Twinkie. Yeah. Um, it's like a pumpkin roll almost. It is like a pumpkin roll. I actually like them. Yeah, yeah. I love these. This is my second one. A cup of coffee. Ooh, cup or cup of tea or whatever you know yeah. you prefer. Um, but yeah, very delicious. Uh, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I actually really like those. These are the bomb. Of all the pumpkin things that I will have this year, this will be one of them. <laughs> I was say it's um, one of them. <laughs> but no, this will probably be up there in the in like top mm-hmm. of of the of the tier of the pumpkin offerings. And I have procured a Sam's Club card, not for myself, from someone else. And so I'm gonna try to find the empanadas. Those empanadas. So those, I'd, 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 we'll see. Because yeah. right now these don't hold your breath, folks. These would be if you, you know, and I'm sure that you'll bring some more pumpkin flavored things, which is fine. I take one for the team, <laughs> but I actually did really like the the cupcakes. Yeah, if you're looking for like real pumpkin flavor, you mm-hmm. got to go for these Hostess ice pumpkin cupcakes. Yeah, for sure. Bow show, and then the chips. I liked the Pringles. Yeah, I thought they were pretty good. They actually, I was saying before we started recording that they reminded me of the Harvest Grain chip. Mm-hmm. They had those that two. yeah, that they I, I guess that, yeah they still have them, but uh, no these are actually pretty good. They're they are smoky. They're mm-hmm. a little sweet. I think I, they're good. I wish I had a smidge more barbecue. Mm, I can see that. But yeah, I mean you don't taste the sweet potato, but I yeah. enjoy things made of sweet potato. Yeah. Overall, I thought they're pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. I liked it. A very uh, fall centric. Definitely. Everybody tries for this one, and I appreciate the balance of the sweet and savory too. I always like the balance, balance of know, sweet and savory. I know you do. Yeah, that's why I, I brought them. Appreciate that. No problem. Yay! So yeah, that's a good try. That was that's a, our that was a good. Everybody tries. Yeah, I like it. I'm gonna keep snacking on them, and then we can keep snacking while we get into the hinky history lesson. <laughs> okay, so it's my turn, and I have one with a supplement. Oh, okay. So it gets two. Okay, but. Do you remember when you did the history of sliced bread? Yes. Well, what would you put on the sliced bread to make it into a really cozy sandwich? What would I put on it? Yeah, just one ingredient. Oh, that's a good question. Cheese? Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So we're going to talk about first the invention of the grilled cheese or the history of the grilled cheese. Okay. Because someone said something about a grilled cheese to me last week and it made me think... Maybe an interesting history. I like it. Um, kind of an interesting yeah. history. I mean, I'm not going. I'm not ready to say it's the most interesting history. Okay. But 
interesting enough. All right. So this is just an article I found from HowStuffWorks.com, the history of the grilled cheese sandwich um, by HowStuffWorks.com. <laughs> um, so I'll just read the whole thing. It's not long. Um, in 2021, Everglazed, a donut shop at Walt Disney World in Florida, began selling its grilled cheese sandwich, a strangely sweet take on the classic grilled cheese sandwich made with, grilled, with a cheese grilled inside a gl- sliced glazed donut instead of bread. Uh, the gooey sweet version of the classic sandwich was a hit and remains on the menu to this day. So if you're going to Disney World, check it out. And in the most, and in one of the most charming grilled cheese sandwich scenes ever to grace the silver screen, the illiterate beguiling Sam, played by a young Johnny Depp, cooks a stack of grilled cheese sandwiches using a clothes iron in the 1993 film Benny and June. That's a good movie. Never seen it. <laughs> An appalling culinary te- technique, yes, but arguably a big moment for this down-home sandwich. Ah, the grilled cheese sandwich. Almost everybody has their own version. It's truly one of the great comfort foods of all time. And here's a fact for you. Some three-quarters of people who buy sliced cheese make at least one grilled cheese a month. Um, while similar recipes are mentioned in ancient Roman texts, and let's face it, the French have been making their famous croque monsieurs, or monsieurs since the early 1900s. Great sandwich. It is a good sandwich. Um, today's notion of a grilled cheese is commonly traced back to the 1920s when Otto Frederick Rowetter, considered the father of sliced bread, invented a bread slicer that made distributing white bread easy and affordable. Shortly before that, processed cheese had been patented by James L. Kraft, an entrepreneur whose revolutionary pasteurizing process ensured that cheese wouldn't spoil, even when transported long distances. By 1914, J.L. Kraft and Bro's company, the precursor to Kraft Foods, opened its first plant in Illinois. Five years later, the company had already expanded into Canada. Of course, this factory cheese, disparagingly termed rat trap cheese or rat cheese by the English who were fiercely proud of their cheddars, was not simply considered or was not considered a delicacy. It was simply a cheap and scalable product. But from there on out, both sliced bread and processed cheese went full steam ahead. During World War II, Navy cooks prepared countless American cheese filling sandwiches, as instructed by government-issued cookbooks in the ship's kitchens. In the 40s and 50s, these were usually served open-faced and consisted of one slice of bread topped with grated cheese. Right? Weird. Weird. <laughs> in 1950, Kraft Foods introduced Kraft Singles, ah. individually wrapped slices of processed cheese, and supermarkets began stocking them in 1965. Around that time, the second, perhaps most important, piece of bread was added on top, likely as a way to make the sandwich more filling, and the modern notion of a grilled cheese sandwich was born. It's also worth noting that the actual term grilled cheese doesn't make an appearance in print until the 1960s. Therefore, it was always toasted cheese or melted cheese sandwiches, which speaks to a larger point. How do you actually cook this sandwich doesn't really matter. Historically, (laughs) the methods have been all over the map. As early as 1902, a recipe for a melted cheese designed to be cooked in a hot oven appeared in Sarah Tyson Rohrer's Mrs. Rohrer's New Cookbook. A recipe published in 1929 in Florence A. Cowell's 700 Sandwiches called to broil the ingredients to make toasted cheese. Toasted cheese, published in 1939 in the Boston (laughs) Cooking School Cookbook, encouraged preparers to broil the ingredients or even (gasps) saute them in a frying pan coated with butter. Dun, dun, dun. And in The Joy of Cooking from 1953, Irma S. Rombauer wrote that bread and cheese should be heated in a commercial waffle, waffle iron, an easy meal for even the maidless host to prepare. <laughs> <Maidless>. Like me? <laughs> maidless. <laughs> Strange. <That's> awesome. <laughs> Strange things have happened with the grilled cheese sandwich. In 2004, the online casino, goldenpalace.com, paid $28,000 for a half-eaten grilled cheese with the likeness of the Virgin Mary depicted in the burn pattern. The sandwich had been sold to the casino by a Florida woman who had kept the sandwich intact for a decade, no joke, before trying her ultimately successful luck on eBay. Two years later, American competitive eater Joey Chestnut won the World Green Chili Grilled Cheese Eating Competition by devouring a whopping 34.5 grilled cheeses in one sitting. In 2007, Kraft Foods budgeted a record $1.4 billion to its marketing efforts, a large portion of which was slated to get grilled cheese back on the quick list of menu options, and revitalize Kraft Singles. <laughs> a contest held on MySpace. How'd that go? Wow. Asked users to create and upload home videos celebrating grilled cheese for a chance to win $50,000. The goal? 
get people to make just one more grilled cheese sandwich a year, said the Kraft Global executive creator, creative director at a time. Why is it so hard to say? And then one, let's see. From 1993 to 2014, the National Grilled Cheese Convention, no, National Grilled Cheese Invitational, was held in Los Angeles, California. Self-proclaimed grilled cheese experts gathered to compete with the judges ultimately crowning one of the makers of grilled cheese champion. Nowadays, you can head to the Wisconsin Grilled Cheese Championship um, in April for some friendly competition or the Atlanta Grilled Cheese Festival, also in April, for some yummy uh, cheese tasting. So, there's that one that's about uh, the grilled cheese proper. I liked it. Um, but that also made me think about where did the Kraft Singles or American Cheese come ah, from? Ah, yes. Um, so, this is just kind of a short-ish. This is one of those lists. Like a timeline? Yeah. It's not even a timeline, oh. but it's 14 things okay. you did know about American oh, Cheese. Oh, nice. But okay. I won't read them all. Okay. Um, so, this is from Thrillist.com. Let's find some good one. Um, well... Craft singles aren't exactly cheese. No. I know, right? Less than 51% of a craft single is cheese, so it can't technically be labeled as such. Milk, whey, and milk protein concentrate are the three biggest ingredients. Um, American cheese was originally sold in tins. Back in 1915, the craft f- company first sold its block, che- block processed cheese packaged in three and a half and seven and three quarter ounce tins, a method that it patented the following year. But it was actually invented in Switzerland in 1911. Oh, okay. There are scarce details on its origins, but the consensus is that the first iteration of American cheese was developed using Emmentaler cheese. Emmentaler? Whatever. Never heard of it. Emmentaler cheese. Cheese? Cheese. Cheese. <laughs> and sodium citrate in order to improve shelf life. Ah. Um, but the original craft version did something similar, but they started with cheddar. Instead of Emmentaler. Uh, the New York Times reported that although the original craft version applied the same concept as the Swiss method, it eschewed the Emmentaler in favor of cheddar. Eat it at 175 degrees for 15 minutes. <laughs> Critics originally demanded that it be called embalmed cheese. Oh, nobody would have bought that. <laughs> yes, exactly. Before sodium phosphate became commonplace in grilled cheese sandwiches, it was used to preserve corpses. This led early 20th century cheese snobs to lobby for the off-putting title of a title of embalmed cheese federal regulators weren't swayed they settled on the term processed cheese instead yay <laughs> um let's see the craft single as we know it was born in 1965 although it had been sold sliced since 1950 the individual sleeved it and entered the craft cannon until 1965 when the company purchased the rights to the process from an indiana inventor who invented the plastic packaging in 1956 hmm. Um, every year, Americans eat more than two billion craft grilled cheeses. That's not even counting sandwiches stuffed with potato chips, pineapple, or bacon. Um, let's see. There's American Cheese Society, and they're probably very tired. They're probably very tired of people making craft jokes. <laughs> um, the record for fastest or stupidest consumption is 46 slices in three minutes. The dudes at Freak Eating, who can also drink an entire case of 12-hour energy without dying, I mean, yet, managed to devour 46 craft singles in three minutes. They didn't make it to the original goal of 48, but that just gives them an excuse to try again. There you go. And uh, that's pretty much it. So, I like that. I like yeah. the history, and I like the, the kind of facts about the craft cheese. So, what is your favorite type of cheese to use for a grilled cheese? No, that's a good question. Do you like a craft single? I or? love a craft single. Yeah. I've been recently criticized for saying out loud that I like craft singles, but Rude, who did that? Oh, uh, what am I wearing? Rude. They won't be named. I'll say rude. Uh, <laughs> I mean I did too, but apparently they're a snob against cheese. But I like a craft single. Uh I really like to use a beer cheese. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um I went to a restaurant in Louisville like probably 15 years ago now and i'm positive it's not there anymore but it was the first place i had a beer cheese grilled cheese and it was on a pretzel bun Ooh. so that was very and it had like Mm -hmm. beer cheese and then bacon and maybe something else on it but it was fantastic but yeah that's a good combo and then 
I think that's probably it. You got to get a good melting. I was gonna cheese. say you got you the, can't the, just the key, use right? Any the key, the key is to have, find a cheese with a, a good melting point. Yeah, yeah. So like, I like a gouda. Mm-hmm. Gouda melts yeah. okay. That's not bad. It's fine. Um, but yeah, definitely cheddar for sure is probably the number one for me. So mm-hmm. now my now kind of my last question on the on this is, when does a grilled cheese stop becoming a grilled cheese? Because, you know, people, you put tomatoes on it, you put bacon on it, you put, mm-hmm. you know, all these different components on it. But when does a grilled cheese stop being, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think if you put, like, meat on it, like, if you were to put, not bacon, I don't count that, like, really as meat here. So but if you, if you put, were to put, like, ham, ham or turkey on it, mm-hmm. that makes it just a regular sandwich. Now it's a melt, yeah. right? Now yeah, it's, now it's more like a melt. It's, yeah. a ha- it's ham and cheese. It's not grilled cheese. Right. Um, I will allow bacon on it and tomato. It's probably not together, but one or the other. Um, yeah, I think you can add some accoutrements, but yeah, I think once you start to get into the deli meats, yeah, now you're getting into a melt, mm-hmm. a melt situation, which is different, in my opinion, than a grilled cheese. Yeah, totally agree. And you're not gonna like this, but um, <laughs> there's like really when you're making a grilled cheese, you just need the bread and the cheese and the fat. Mm-hmm. To do the grilling. So, what is your preferred fat? Is I was it say, butter? I know where you're going with this, and usually I use butter, but I know people use mayonnaise. I love mayonnaise. Which actually I'm fine with because you're grilling it, mm-hmm. and so it's just kind of like soaking the into the bread and helping it yeah. grill. It makes it crispier without burning it, and then also gives it a little bit of tang. So I'm not opposed to mayonnaise in that situation. Okay. Yeah, because I'm really not going to taste it. It's not going to be like on the inside of the sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like less messy than butter, because then you have to like throw a butter mm-hmm. in there and let it melt yeah. and all this stuff. You just spread it on the bread and then and pop, pop it down there. Yep, I agree. Yes. Good history. Man, thank you. No yeah, that was, a, that was a fun one. Yeah, and it's getting on grilled cheese season. Grilled cheese and mater soup, or grilled, grilled cheese, cheese and, and chili. chili, or grilled cheese and vegetable soup. Yes, or... pretty much anything mm-hmm. that's a soup base <laughs> goes with the grilled cheese. Yep, pretty <laughs> oh, much. Well, no. Yeah, that gives me an idea for a next history, but we'll go ahead. Uh, I mean, I'm done. Oh, okay. <laughs> what are we drinking? Um. Well, I have a Halloween drink, I guess. Uh, I just saw this randomly at the Kroger and decided I'd give it a try. I don't drink a lot of Fanta. Fanta. We've been singing the commercial. Fanta, <laughs> Fanta, Fanta. Don't you want that Fanta, Fanta? Fanta, Fanta. Don't you want that? Yeah, this is Fanta Zero Sugar. And this is their mystery flavored soda. And it is black as my soul. Um, Did it turn your mouth black? Let me see real uh, quick. Uh, no. Okay. That was a, that's a lie then. That's an internet, internet lie. The internet. You can never trust it. Um, it's berry of some sort. I think the internet was saying blackberry. I guess I could see that. Blackberry or like a raspberry or I don't know. A marionberry. A boysenberry. Whatever. A knotsberry. Say blueberry. No, I didn't say blueberry, but I don't think I get blueberry off this. It's more blackberry, raspberry. Mm. Okay. Yeah, the the seedier fruits, so it's fine. All right. Um, kind of, I wouldn't say it's akin to like those mystery Mountain Dews, but this one's definitely got like, there's like an underlying orange Fanta there too. Or is that in your mind, you think, or you think it's really there? Because, you know, you associate Fanta with orange, right? At least I do. I know there's different flavors of Fanta, but yeah. the orange is the one I always think about. I'm thinking of the orange one, and to me, it's okay. a little underlying. Right. <laughs> Fanta has that taste. Mm-hmm. Like, it's got a distinct taste. Yeah. It's not bad. Right. I don't find myself ever reaching for the Fanta. I'll just say that. I mean, there's so many other drinks. Why would Fanta be the one that I'm reaching for, you know? Um, if you like Fanta, great. I'm not saying I don't like it. I'm just saying I, I don't have to have the pineapple Fanta every time or ever. But this one's fine. So if you like dark berries, then check it out. Yeah. I actually had one more of the Warhead Sour Soda oh. in the refrigerator. I found it. Um, it was the blue raspberry. The that, natural blue Yes, raspberry. right. It was... How, how blue was this? Is like, it looked like they squeezed Smurfs into the glass. Like <laughs> milk to Smurf. Milk Smurfs or fresh squeezed Smurfs. <laughs> Smurf squeezins. Um, but that was how blue it was. It was a very unnatural blue. Of course, blue raspberry is an unnatural flavor. Right. Um, this, I think, was the sourest one out of mm-hmm. all the ones that we had. It definitely had the most sour. I think it was the sweetest, too, because those other ones weren't very sweet, mm-hmm. I didn't think. This one, meh. 
Yeah. Not a fan. Not not a fan. Like to the other ones better. Okay. Good to know. Yep. I like a good blue raspberry because I like unnaturally flavored things. Well, I mean, you saw it in the glass. It was definitely it was blue. It really was. Um, not quite UK blue, but that's okay. We don't need it to be every shade of blue. Um, but yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Another fun one in the books. Yeah. Right in the books. And if you want to read the other chapters in the book, I don't know. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at HungryKY. You can send me an email, HungryKY at gmail.com. And then you can find this show every other Wednesday, wherever it is that you find your podcasts. And then where do we find you at, Carrie? On the Twix. I'm really trying to get myself to say Twix now because <laughs> I'm really trying to get that to catch on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, on the Twix at GRLS for Sports. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We are everywhere. Good podcasts are free. All right. Well, thanks again for listening to Hungry in Kentucky. And as always, stay hungry, Kentucky.